0: We've come to the last Lord's Day of this year, of our Lord, 2022. And considering this morning, Lord's Day, 52. Questions and answers, 127 to 129. Uh, we'll read these responsibly. What does the sixth petition mean? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means... We are so weak that we cannot stand on our own for a moment, and our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we may not be defeated in this spiritual fight, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. How do you conclude this prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This means we have made all these petitions of you because, as our all-powerful king, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. And because your holy name, and not we ourselves, should receive all the praise forever. What does that little word, amen, express? Amen means, this shall truly and surely be For it is much more certain that God has heard my prayer than I feel in my heart that I desire such things from him. And now the scripture passage or passages we consider. Matthew chapter six, verse nine to 13 reads this. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, where Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane says to his disciples, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we've come to this sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer before us here this morning. And as Christians, we are reminded by it that we are continually engaged in a spiritual battle against the forces of darkness. That is the world, the flesh and the devil. And because of that, we constantly need God's help and protection to overcome these forces that are out against us, overcoming them in such a way that we would live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel to which we have been called the good news of Jesus Christ. Four brief points for us this morning. Uh, First, the fight, the fight before us, right? Remind you of what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. And So here the Apostle Paul is reminding us that even though these spiritual forces are invisible to our naked eye. That as the Heidelberg Catechism says, these are our sworn enemies, the world, our flesh, and the devil, and they never stop attacking us. You know, I was speaking to a close friend of mine who was commenting the fact that it seems the spiritual attack, the forces of darkness, intensifies in our lives personally, all the more when the Lord is using us for his glory. Why is that? Well, because as the Lord is using us, weak vessels, as instruments of his grace and mercy in the life of others, and we see others being transformed by the power of the gospel, we can be sure that the evil one, the devil and his minions hate it and they are at work against us to bring us down to stop that work. They do not want to see people's lives change. They do not want to see people repenting and believing in the gospel to give glory to God. And so they attack us constantly. It is a fight that we are engaged in, that we not we do not always acknowledge, especially perhaps in our secular age. We don't think of the spiritual dimension, the the life in which we live. And yet this petition is reminding us of that, asking the Lord to preserve and strengthen our faith so that we may resist such enemies. And we need God's help in the spiritual fight because of our frailty. And that's our second point. We saw the fight and now our frailty. In Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus tells his disciples, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit Indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the flesh here in Jesus' language is referring to our fallen human nature, our frailty, our weakness. He's saying that even though his disciples may have had a good intention or desire worked in them by the Spirit of God in order to support him and aid Jesus in that moment of crisis, Despite that, their physical bodies were not able to withstand the challenges and the hardships that they faced. They fell to fatigue, and weariness. We can think of the different varieties of weakness that we have in the flesh that makes us vulnerable to sinning in different ways. Think of these, I'll just list them, these seven different weaknesses. Think of how physical injury or weakness can cause us. Or make us more vulnerable to sin, perhaps impatience or anger, or bitterness, etc. Or fatigue, just uh, chronic fatigue, or just weariness that comes over us. Or hunger, you know, getting hangry, right? We talk about that. Or thirst and how you just you you begin to just starve for that water to quench your thirst and other things, loving people, loving God, kind of go out the window because you're so uh, set on getting that thirst quenched, or age, whether it be youth and the problems and the vulnerabilities to temptation that come with youth or the vulnerabilities and problems that come with old age or even mid-life crisis we might think of. And also there's extreme environments. Perhaps you're in a, an environment where it's extremely hot, right? And the heat is just pounding down upon you and, and it causes you or it makes you more vulnerable to certain temptations. And the same with cold. And then there is also, lastly, emotional or psychological distress that might come upon us. It makes us vulnerable to sinning in different ways. You see, because of our frailty, Jesus tells us to pray. Why? That we would lean on the Lord, our God, who is willing and powerful to answer our prayers. He asks us to pray in this way precisely because he knows our weakness. He knows that we are weak. And vulnerable in these ways as Psalm 103 says as a father shows compassion to his children so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him for he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust so he shows us compassion he knows our weakness how does he show us compassion he gives us strength that's our third point the fight our frailty his fortitude fortitude, his strength. We turn to God in prayer because we trust he is able to make us strong by the power of the Holy Spirit present within us. When we look back at Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul is speaking about that spiritual fight that we're engaged in, there Paul tells us how we should prepare for it. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And we see that unlike us, God is not weak. He's not frail or cowardly. No, he is strong, stable and resolute. Therefore, he is able to strengthen our will to overcome the temptations that we find ourselves in in life. In fact, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This means that when you pray in the midst of temptation to sin in some way, God will give you faith, courage, and love to endure that temptation and to overcome it. The way of the way out of sin is always there before us. There is always an open door that we can walk through to avoid sinning against the Lord or doing harm to our neighbor. You can always hold your tongue instead of gossiping or slandering another person. You can always turn off your computer instead of turning to lust. You can always choose to honor instead of defame another person. We see that there's always an open door out of temptation, that God promises to always provide a way of escape promises to strengthen us in the midst of our temptations. And so we ask him in prayer for the grace to endure and to say no to ungodliness. It is the grace of God strengthening us by the Spirit that enables us to overcome such temptations by his fortitude. And lastly, we come to the finale. The finale, the fight in which we are engaged with or in against the forces of darkness, that is the world, the flesh, and the devil, is not one in which the outcome is uncertain. We don't have to fight against our own sinful nature and the devil, and the forces of darkness, plagued by the fear of possibly losing. We don't have to live in that suspense. Why is that? Well, because the battle is not ultimately fought or won by us but rather by God himself. We ask God to deliver us from all evil in this petition precisely because we have the confidence that he shall deliver us from all evil when Christ returns triumphantly. And this depends, again, not on our own faithfulness, but on the unstoppable faithfulness of God towards us. And that's why we finish our prayers saying, in Jesus' name, amen. Because as 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. It is through Christ that we utter our amen to God with certainty. That word amen is a Hebrew word that means certainty or truth. It's related to faith or trust. And in the Hebrew Bible, the word amen was often used to express agreement or assent, especially in response to some blessing or oath. Amen. I agree. I'm in it. I consent to this reality that you are declaring to me, God. And so when we say amen in Jesus' name, we are expressing the certainty of our faith in God that he will hear our prayers and he will answer us, not because of our own merits, but because of Christ's merits. Amen is at the end of all our prayers and we find it is also at the end of the Bible. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is called the amen of God. Revelation 3.14 says he is the Amen, the faithful and true witness. And so what is the grand finale of our spiritual fight that we're engaged in? Well, the end of the fight will come when the Amen returns to fully and finally deliver us from all evil. And that is the promise of God. And that's why we hear the very end of the Bible, the last a paragraph, we might say, this conversation between Christ and his church, where he says, he who testifies to these things, that is Jesus, says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, we respond. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. And so the Bible concludes with certainty, the assurance and the promises of God saying, Amen. That is the last word of the Bible. And surely he is coming soon. May Christ, the Amen of God, come soon. Surely he shall. Amen and amen. Loved ones, let us respond to this good news today with a song of application. Um, We'll sing, Let Us Love and Sing and Wonder. But let us pray now. Father God, we pray and ask that you would. Uh, equip us and strengthen us in this fight in which we are engaged, uh, because you know our frailty. And Lord, we lean not upon our own strength, but upon your fortitude with the great confidence that you hear us, you will deliver us, and in the end, because of the amen of God, Jesus Christ, we will have the great finale, the triumph of good over evil, and we will dwell in your presence forevermore. Lord, we ask that this good news would fill us with great cheer and gladness this day and that you would receive all all honor and glory uh, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.